0: Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, Tuesday, September 7th, 2021. Stand up for your country. So uh, we have two major stories tonight. We have uh, the president and we have COVID. I spent some time over the Labor Day weekend, you know, doing some investigation on this COVID thing. I think I have a little clarity for you and it's important. Important for you, your family and those that you interact with. And that'll be coming up. Uh, Joe Biden's in the New York metropolitan area tonight, uh, New Jersey, Queens, um, looking at uh, Hurricane Ida stuff and promising, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, to come on in and, and fix things up. And that's fine. I mean, that's what presidents do. No beef for that. But here's an interesting story that took place late last week that was completely blacked out by the corporate media, which is becoming a major problem obviously. Um, So you remember back in 2018 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 11 people were murdered at the Tree of Life synagogue. Okay? And um, it was a purely anti-Semitic crime. Just let's kill Jews. So the guy who did it, Robert Bowers, 46, um, He's going to spend the rest of his life in prison, and um, that's that. But it's not that for the people who lost loved ones. You know, this is the 20th anniversary week of 9-11. I mean, people don't get over that. People don't get over that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, because this week marks the Jewish holidays, President Biden on Thursday last uh, had a conversation with uh, some jewish leaders and he said this about the tree of life synagogue i remember spending time at the you know uh, go going to uh the uh, you know the tree of life synagogue speaking with them it just it just is amazing these things are happening happening in america and i guess the point i want to make is that um it just shows that uh, if we walk away from never again, um, it's going to happen again. It can't happen again. Okay. So you see in that soundbite that president Biden said, you know, going to the tree of life synagogue. Now he didn't go to the tree of life synagogue. Okay. It wasn't even close. So you say to yourself, that's not the kind of lie because the right wing jumped on it it's that kind of lie any sane rational person would sad because you could find it out in 10 seconds if you didn't go you didn't go you don't say going to so what happened was that the white house says he was referring to a call he had with tree of life rabbi in 2019 all right a year after uh you know so okay so then the media, the right-wing media, is lying, he's lying, he's lying, but he isn't lying. And this goes back to what I've said from the very beginning with the man. A lie is when you know the truth and then say something false. You bear false witness So the Ten Commandments. That's a lie. Biden doesn't know what he's saying. Now, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm telling you that the situation is much worse than a lie. It's he doesn't know what's coming out of his mouth. And those of us who cover the news from a fact-based point of view understand that. Therefore, when he said this, all right, it was in the newspapers, but ABC, Evening News, NBC, Evening News, CBS, Evening News, no mention of it. Didn't mention it. Now, you'd imagine if Trump said something like that. Or Bush. Or Clinton. Even Obama. All of them. Even Obama. Would have said, what are you doing? What are you talking about? And then the president, whoever it may be, said, well, I made a mistake. I made a verbal mistake. I'm I'm sorry. No. Here, blackout. Blackout. Okay? So... We're in a situation now where we have the leader of the free world, most powerful man in the world, not knowing what he's saying. That's where we are. And I have said this for months. And that's way beyond lies and deceptions and way beyond bad policy. That's in a frightening realm. So whoever is telling him what to do is really in charge of the country, not the man who was elected by the people there's no doubt about this. There is no doubt about it, because this isn't the first time. And the corporate media is giving him a complete pass. Now, you'll remember that Reuters, a left-wing news service, broke a story that was leaked to them about Biden's phone call with Ghani, the president of Gavinistan, in July. Put it up on the full screen, okay? I need, this is Biden, quote, I need not tell you the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan, I believe is that things are not going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban. And there is a need, whether it's true or not, there is a need to project a different picture, unquote. Okay, so Biden is telling Ghani, hey, whether it's true or not, you're to put on a face of confidence and try to rally your people. Now, That's a pretty big story, right? Leaked transmission from an American intelligence agency to Reuters news service. Well, New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, NBC, CBS, and ABC ignored the story. All of them didn't report it. Yet the Trump phone call with Ukraine led to an impeachment. So we have two danger zones. We're in two danger zones here. We have the most corrupt media in the history of America. It's never been worse. Covering up for a man who doesn't, literally doesn't know what he's saying. This is off the chart dangerous. Now, some of the folks are getting it, some aren't. Daily tracking poll by Rasmussen today, 47% approve of President Biden's job performance. Are you kidding me? 52% disapprove. However, the second question, is the country going in the right direction? Okay, 34%, only 34% say right direction, 61% wrong direction. So anyway, look, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this is super bad news. And you watch me and you subscribe to this service and you tune in on the radio to hear the truth. And I'm telling you the truth. This is not going to get any better with Joe Biden. And it's going to go into every area of this country. And there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing the American people can do other than to understand that 80 million people voted for Joe Biden, most of whom Voted emotionally because they hated Trump. And now we're in a dangerous position. California, which deserves what it gets, is now paying the highest gas prices ever $4.39 regular on average. The national regular is $3.18. Okay? The national regular is up 45% from this time last year. California is bigger than that, okay? It's a bigger rise. Now, why so bad in California? Two reasons. 51, (coughs) excuse me, 51 cent a gallon tax on each, each gallon. 51 cents goes to Sacramento. Not only that, but California's cap and trade program, all right, targets refineries and slaps another 14 cents a gallon so that other states don't have to pay. So 51 and 14 is 65 cents a gallon in California for everybody there that other states don't have to pay. You guys deserve what you get because you're electing far-left progressive people who don't want you to drive. For global warming reasons. All right. Um, South of the border. Apparently, the Mexican army has broken up that 400 person caravan heading for the border. You know, we have record um, intrusion on the border. It's going to be two million people the fiscal year under Joe Biden come in here illegally. Two million that are apprehended. You imagine there's another million or so that aren't. So this is just a catastrophe. And we have a situation where California is again impacted because of this stuff. And I'm going to get now to my guest who has been patiently um, waiting uh, to talk to us. A week from today is the California recall of Governor Gavin Newsom. One week from today. Now, the polls uh, out of the L.A. Times and things like that are fake. If you look at the methodology, you can see it's like 15, 20 points to the left. So they're asking people to the left, left wingers, what they're going to do on recall day. What do you think you're going to get? OK, it by other accounts, very tight race and anything could happen. Ruben Navarrete is an honest guy. All right. He is a newspaper columnist, works for the Washington Post Writers Group, is a podcast, Ruben in the Center. We've known him for years. Um, He tells you what he thinks in a fact based way. So. Can you name one problem, Ruben, and we appreciate you coming on one social problem that Governor Newsom has solved or partially solved in his tenure?
1: Just one. Bill O'Reilly, so good to be with you again my friend. I'll tell you, I I can't come up with one. It's difficult. I come up with many more areas where the governor has failed. He explains his difficulty and the difficulty he's having with all groups including Latinos in California, Democrats and Independents as well. I think if you uh, wanted to go say in the realm of education, you could make the argument that by keeping the schools closed he kept uh, students safe, for um, 18 months, I would challenge the argument and say that actually he was doing that to kowtow to teachers unions, which run the Democratic Party and, and therefore the state of California.
0: Hispanics are going to loom large, Hispanic voters, in whether Newsom survives or not. Has he done anything outside of COVID? Because COVID, look, the guy uh, shut down the economy in California. OK, and then he did this and then he did that. So I understand both points of view there. But I don't understand why he hasn't solved any social problems, not education, not crime, not homelessness, not cost of living. Gas prices are crazy. He hasn't done any of that. So working class Hispanic voters are gonna make or break him. How do you think they're gonna go?
1: I think they're gonna go a long way toward breaking him. All the polls show, even the polls you talked about, the fake polls coming out of the Los Angeles Times and elsewhere uh, saying that the gap is closing and Newsom's in good shape. Even those polls Bill, say that Latinos lead the pack in terms of all the groups out there and wanting to get rid of Gavin Newsom. Nobody can, no matter how hard you spin it, you can't do away with the fact uh, that Latinos don't like Newsom. He's never connected with them. He's never connected with them. And I think that to answer your question, one of the reasons he's gotten this far, despite having not solved any social problems, this is a deep blue state where you don't need a single Republican vote to pass anything. And he takes full advantage of that. He's gotten really lazy and complacent and entitled And that's the wrong place to be
0: all right so hispanics in your opinion ruben and you obviously live among them in san diego and tons of them there they're more likely to throw Newsom out but then larry elder would probably be governor and he's a very very right-wing guy will that have any effect in the vote yeah
1: well see i've known larry for 27 years he and i used to host radio shows uh for kbc together many years ago I know him to be a really kind of good guy. I like him. Uh, I disagree with him on many issues, but he doesn't fit the caricature that the liberal media in California is trying so hard to draw of him. Uh, So I think he will probably do probably better than expected with Latinos because people expect him not to do very well at all. He'll do better than that. Uh, But the main problem for Newsom is he can't, at this late date, connect with this constituency. They might just stay home, Bill. That's really the issue. They don't have to defect to elder. They don't have to vote Republican. No, they can just vote.
0: They can just check one. They don't have to check the second box
1: (laughs) about who you want. Right, they can go fishing. They can go fishing and not even, not even go vote uh, because he hasn't connected with them. Right, that's the apathy now has become the big question.
0: Okay, so tomorrow uh, Vice President Harris goes to San Francisco. This looks a waste of time to me. San Francisco is Newsom's base. Used to be the mayor there. Um, you know, who's going to come out to see Harris say Newsom's great. I don't think this changes any minds, does
1: it? It does not. You know, California is really 12 states in one by geography. I live in the San Diego area, but I was born and raised in central California, which is very conservative, conservative farmland. There are many conservative Mexican-Americans out there who vote Democrat, but they're conservative Democrat. They will vote for the right Republican, and they have shown that. And that never gets covered, Bill. That's never covered by the liberal media. They pretend that doesn't exist. You know, but uh, that kind of constituency, Kamala Harris and and Gavin Newsom just don't speak to. They know, don't know those people. I don't see this.
0: But then then uh, Biden goes early next week. So this is (laughs) I don't know. Um, (laughs) No, Biden goes down and, you know, uh, to speak to uh, Californians to keep Newsom in there. But Biden is so shaky at this point. He, he could say anything, I mean, it, they gotta be nervous just about Biden showing up and saying anything, correct?
1: Yeah, here's what they're doing wrong, Bill. They're targeting people who are already gonna vote for Newsom. When you bring Harris and Biden out, you're speaking to the converted, the folks who are already in your camp. You need to go after the folks who are wavering, the folks who, like in my case, I voted for Gavin Newsom in 2018. I didn't want anything to do with the Republican party in California in 2018. They've dug themselves into a big grave on immigration. But at the same time, he lost me. He lost me in those, you know, almost three years. They should be speaking to people like me saying, how do we get you back? No, they're speaking to the the diehard dark blue voters they already have.
0: Now, in this state of California, you heard my monologue on Joe Biden, backed up with facts every step of the way. The folks, even if they won't admit it, because a lot of people don't want to admit that their vote was poorly thought out they just won't admit it but most people know that biden is a problem here does california know that
1: about biden or about newsom about biden uh yeah i think increasingly the whole country does and even the california democrats do you will hear look they're grateful to be rid of donald trump they're glad joe biden is there it's very hard though to find anybody who will defend his performance on afghanistan or many other issues in which he's failing And there's a parallel there with Gavin Newsom, right? I don't find Latino Democrats who will defend Newsom and saying, oh, he's doing a great job. All they'll do is play the fear game and say, you've got to keep the Republicans out. Larry Elder is terrible. You know, and again, I know the man. He doesn't fit that caricature. So they left me flat. They're not making a good argument as to why we should keep Gavin Newsom.
0: Yeah, because I'm trying to figure out if there's any hope that California might come back to the middle. So that you have now two things in play. You have California... Paying an enormous amount of money just to put a gallon of gas in your car. Right. I mean, if you're right. a worker and you're already right. paying high housing sure. costs. You bet. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you're filling up the tank to the tune of $70. Right. And and there's one man responding. Well, in California, it's the whole progressive wing that's responsible for it. But na- nationally, Biden's responsible for it. He attacked on the first day of office the fossil fuel industry. And then wham, you saw what happened. Um, So I'm trying to think if there's any hope that California may stop being the citadel of progressivism. And we will know next Tuesday when the recall vote is, we'll know if Californians are coming back a little, or are they going to stay out in left-wing Loonville?
1: Last word. I love this question, because if California does make it back to the Purple Center, it'll be Latinos who drag it there, conservative Latinos who go there and and not white Republicans. They don't have enough juice in California. It's going to be Latinos who take them there. And that's going to be very interesting to watch in the years to come.
0: All right, Ruben, thanks for helping us out. The podcast again, Ruben in the Center. So I want everybody to check that out. and We really appreciate time. Ruben. Thanks. again. You bet. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's eight seven seven four 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 gold or text GOLD to 65532. Okay, here's COVID. All right, this is big. So I hope you guys pay attention. So daily COVID infections are up 300% from Labor Day this year, that was yesterday, Labor Day last year. 300 percent. All right. That comes from Johns Hopkins University Research. Hospitalizations are up 158 percent. All right. From Labor Day to Labor Day. Don't have the deaths. Don't have that data. And I'm being very careful here. So the question is, well, how many of the cases, of the COVID cases today, are unvaccinated people. That's that's the big question. And the problem is that CDC doesn't have that data. Why? Medical privacy. So when you get a vaccination, if you want, you can show your card to whoever. All right. But if you don't want, you don't have to. So the way this works is every state in the union, all 50 states, report to the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta. They report COVID cases, COVID hospitalizations, COVID deaths. A lot of them are behind in it, but they all are compelled to report. But they don't report on vaccination versus unvaxxed. Because the medical privacy data intrudes on an exact picture. Are you with me so far? Okay. Now, I know a lot of people in high levels in the American health system. So over the weekend, well, I should have been chasing Holly the terror dog and jumping in the ocean and making some calls. So what I got, the consensus is this. Eighty- approximately of the new COVID cases are among the unvaccinated. 15% are the so-called breakthrough people, all right, who are vaxxed, but get it. A lot of those breakthroughs are Johnson & Johnson vax, which is 60% effective, as opposed to Pfizer and Moderna, 90%. Now, 15% breakthrough, crossover, that's a lot of people. So you hear, and I know friends who are vaxxed and they get it. The difference is they get it in a much milder form and virtually nobody dies. Because if you die from COVID, then they can get whether you were vaxxed or not. And like guess zero, there are a few cases, but they had immune problems, The system was not good, okay? So, this is an epidemic among the unvaccinated with a 15% approximately breakthrough crossover component. That's what's happening. And because in America, we got about 62% vaxxed, we're not going to knock this out until that number goes to 75%, which it should but I wish and I had prayed that it would be there now because we are enduring another horrific COVID cycle. It's the best information I can give you. And I hope you respect it. Chicago, 63 people shot over the Labor Day weekend, six fatally, one four-year-old boy, eight victims under the age of 18. Okay, we do this, how many times have I done this? In the last five years, hundreds. So the mayor of Chicago is Lori Lightfoot. Obviously cannot do her job. Cops hate her. Can't control anything. A total disaster. There is no way to remove this woman from her job before May 15, 2023. When they vote for a new mayor. That's it. Though so Chicago, once again, just like the Biden voters, you vote for her. This is what you got. Can't, won't, whatever. And you're going to have every single weekend, dozens of people being shot and four-year-olds being killed. And a little kid was getting a haircut in his house when the bullet went through and killed him. Can you imagine that? Vermont. So if you want to uh, work, and that's like a 50-50 proposition now in America, thank you, Joe Biden the welfare king. Vermont will pay you, the state will pay you $7,500 to move there. $7,500 bonus to move to Vermont. Here are the work uh, categories. Cashiers, fast food, home health, waiters, waitresses, janitors, cleaners, landscapers, cooks, bartenders, elementary school teachers, all right, retail workers, carpenters, construction workers, accountants. The minimum pay in Vermont, 13 bucks an hour. Oh, you're looking for a job. Nice fall foliage. Only lasts for two weeks, but it's nice. It's a little chilly. Nice state. Beautiful state. National Football League starts Thursday. Tampa versus Dallas. Okay? Anybody betting on that game is insane. Nobody knows what's going to happen there. So, they're in the NFL, 58% of all the players are black. In the NFL, the players' union wants social justice on the field. So, the owner said, okay, once again, here's what's going to happen this year. In the end zones, they're going to have two slogans, stenciled onto the grass or turf. It takes all of us, And end racism. I have no problem with those statements. But stenciling them on a sporting field? I don't know. Also, on the helmet, the individual players can put, if they want to, the following slogans. End racism, stop hate. It takes all of us. Black lives matter. No, that one I don't like. Inspire change, say their stories. This will be forever unless fans leave and rebel, which they will not. The games are a powerful form of entertainment, um, and the league is going to make buku money, and they're going to give in to the players' unions and do this social activism. Is it a big story for me? No. I'll watch some of the games. Marginal ones I won't. I don't think they're going to have the black national anthem because they're going to play that before every game before the traditional national anthem. I don't think we're going to see that. Uh, The games will just, you know, they'll do that 10, 15 minutes before. You won't see it. But I could be wrong. You know, I'll watch Thursday night. This day in history. Now, this is an interesting one. and And I call for this for a specific reason. A year ago today, September 7, 2020, Donald Trump, then president, as you know, held a press conference. Roll tape. If will produce a vaccine in record time, uh, Biden and his very liberal running mate, the most liberal person in Congress, by the way, is not a competent person, in my opinion, would destroy this country and would destroy this economy should immediately apologize for the reckless anti-vaccine rhetoric that they are talking right now, talking about endangering lives and it undermines science. So Mr. Trump did get the vaccine in record time, Operation Warp Speed, we all remember that. It was actually up and running about 10 days before the election, but Pfizer, held back the announcement for political reasons. They didn't want Trump reelected, even though they made the big deal. So did Moderna, so did Johnson & Johnson with the federal government, which reaped tens of billions of dollars for the pharmaceutical companies. They play politics with the announcement. But the big accusation that Trump made was that Biden and Harris last September a year ago were bad-mouthing the vaccine, and they were. Okay, so here is Joe Biden, quote, If the president announced tomorrow we have a vaccine, would you take it? Only if it was completely transparent that other experts in the country could look at it. Only if we knew all of what went into us. Because so far, nothing he's told us has been true. Biden was undermining the vaccine one year ago today. How about Harris? Here's what she said. Quote, I will say that I would not trust Donald Trump. And it would have to be a credible source of information and talks about the Efficiency and the reliability of whatever he's talking about. I will not take his word for it. He wants us to inject bleach. I will not take his word. Okay, so that's pretty interesting in a historical context, is it not? And you can draw your own conclusions. I'm gonna take a quick break. I got a good mail segment. And then I have uh, some stats, some facts about this right here. We'll be right back.
1: Sign up to The Economist for in depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Right, let's get to the mail. Lorraine, concierge member. Lorraine gets direct access to me. Thank you, Lorraine. Bill, in your analysis of Afghanistan, I haven't heard you speak of statistics on Americans left behind. Is it because you don't have the data, because you believe they don't want to leave like the Biden administration keeps saying? There are no reliable stats And I explained this, Lorraine, and this will be the third time. Many Americans who traveled to Afghanistan did not register with the American embassy as they were required to do. They didn't. How would we know where they are, who they are? How? So that's why I don't quote stats, because nobody knows. Gene, concierge member, I think it's unfair to compare Jimmy Carter to Biden. Carter was incompetent, but Biden's corrupt. He has only truly cared about himself and his family, benefiting from his long tenure in public life. Well, that's a subjective opinion, Gene, and I respect your right to hold it, okay? But, you know, other people will disagree with you. They'll say, no, Joe, Joe isn't. Just end it for Joe. Um, but factually, which is what I do, uh, Carter and Biden, very similar. This is my mom. <laughs> we allow this on the, uh, on the message board and the website. Usually you have to give name and town, but if you're on a message board, sometimes I take stuff off that. The comparison to Carter is sadly accurate. The hostage crisis is looming on the horizon. Maybe. You know, certainly the Taliban are going to want money. Um, no doubt about it. Yvonne, concierge member. Boy, we got a lot of them. I thought Justice John Roberts is supposed to be conservative. Am I wrong? You are wrong. The justice is no conservative. David, concierge member. Bill, I'm at the point that the CDC, like Fauci, has no credibility. If they suggested the sun will rise in the east tomorrow, I wouldn't believe it. Look, I got a lot of those. David, I mean, you know, what can I tell you? That's it. That's the only reporting vehicle. You don't trust him, you don't trust them. Kim Larson, Fort Myers, Florida. There's name in town right there. I've always uh, felt that the left wants illegal aliens in the country to increase their voting base. It's obvious that we need voter ID to prevent non-citizens from voting. I think that's obvious. I think a voter ID should be mandatory everywhere. The Excuses are BS. Everybody knows that. Brent Hudson, Sydney, Australia. Good day, mate. It's going to be uh, spring down there now. In regards to the U.S. Constitution, I understand the Speaker of the House does not have to be a elected representative. That is true to an extent. The Constitution is a little murky. But if challenged, so say um, the Republicans take the House and they say, no, nah, we don't want anybody elected in the House of Representatives to be Speaker. We want uh, Bill O'Reilly to come on in. Supreme Court would slap it down. They find a way. It's never been done. Uh, The speakers have always been representatives. Um, Linda Stith, Corpus Christi, Texas. Nice town. Bill, in honor of our first responders and remembrance of 9-11, I'm bringing a platter of cookies and fruit to a local police station and a note thanking them for their service and keeping us safe. Would you please mention this to encourage others to show their appreciation this week? There you go, Linda. You're a patriot, by the way. And this would be a great week for all Americans to just go down. I actually did it, but not this week, but I, I did it in my local town here. Um, you know, bring them some uh, desserts and fruit and stuff like that, coffee. And say, look, I appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Dennis West, St. Charles, Missouri. I just gave a year's premium membership to my best friend, an old Air Force buddy. He was complaining there isn't any news fit to watch anymore. If everybody did what Dennis West has done, we would double our premium membership on BillOReilly.com. And you would be giving a friend a gift that's important. Think about it, you know? Um, Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com. You want to reach me, of course, name in town if you wish to opine. We still have the 40% off uh, killing the mob and killing Crazy Horse. Buy them together. And you get 40% off. You'll like them both. And uh, word of the day, I have never heard a human being say this word. But it is a word. Do not be a barber monger. One word. B-A-R-B-E-R, like a barber. Monger, M-O-N-G-E-R. Doesn't sound good, does it? It isn't. Don't be a barber monger. All right, I got an important final thought in a moment. Back in...
1: at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. All
0: right, final thought of the day. My pal, Alexander Green, who's the chief investment strategist for the Oxford Club. You know we do business with them. Uh, He wrote a column um, entitled Log Off and Live, where Alexander is encouraging you to get away from this, all right? And I've done this too, but I'm kind of guilty because I have to work so much with radio, TV, and and books and everything that I, I mean, I have to check it. No excuse, but you know. So here are the stats, ready for the stats? Americans check their smartphones an average of 262 times a day. (laughs) Oh man, all right? American adults spend an average of five and a half hours a day on their phones. Five and a half hours. Teenagers, seven hours. So if you sleep eight, you're on your phone, it leaves, let's see, eight and seven or 15, that leaves nine hours for life, job, school, whatever. Children who are heavy phone users tend to have lower grades. That's true. We know that. of all 13- to 17-year-old Americans now own smartphones. 95% because that's their social vehicle. They don't call or talk. They they text. All right? Um, 53% of kids own a smartphone by age 11. 40% of teenagers admit they text or email while driving. That'll get you killed. That'll get you killed. You'll die if you do that on a regular basis. Forty percent, and finally, data shows that Americans spend about 30, twenty minutes a day reading printed material of any kind. So, twenty minutes a day reading material, not reading your text, reading *Killing the Mob, reading anything. Twenty minutes, seven hours on this. Plus, it erodes all of your skills, your interpersonal skills. You know. Uh, Tonight, I'm having pizza. I don't usually have pizza, but I got guests, and there's a decent pizza place around. So I know when I call to order that pizza for pickup that I'm going to have to say my order three times. Now, I am loud, I am bombastic, my pronunciation's pretty good, and I have to use it three times. Now, if by the third time I have to say, and this is uncharitable, The person on the other end of the phone at the pizza parlor doesn't have the order. Then I say, forget it. We'll do it another time. I don't yell, but I disconnect. The reason I have to say it three times is because the person listening to my words doesn't really do that much in his or her life. They do this, not words. They don't listen to words and interpersonal communications. It's all text. In fact, the takeout places and the restaurants now want you to text and email. They want that because it's so hard for them to get people who can actually pick up a pen and write down what you are saying. Now, why should you care? Number one, if you have urchins, as I do, all right, this erodes their skill set. So when they are going to be looking for a lucrative job, they are going to have to be able to speak and to listen and to absorb, right? Speak, listen, absorb to the spoken word. This is wiping that out. That machine is wiping it out. And that's why all the big corporations now want robot labor. I don't want the unskilled labor. Now, where are all these unskilled people going to go? They're going to go on welfare. They're going to go on government assistance because the robots are coming in, and they're coming in fast. Five years from now, all that fast food thing, it's going to be robots. Hello, what would you like? And you tell them, boom, boom. Okay? And these corporations want the robot labor. A, it's cheaper health benefits, no retirement funds, none of that. And they don't have to deal with screw-ups. The robots will get it right. And that's going to be everywhere. Everywhere. And the unskilled people, people who are not educated well, don't really have a skill. What are they going to do? That's what this progressive socialism is all about. Government's going to have to support them. Thank you for watching, listening, reading my lips, whatever you're doing tonight. We'll be back with another No Spin News tomorrow.